Alex, we're back. Yes, we are. How are you? Not too bad. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. Um, uh, it's right right now. It's just two of us. Um, yeah. you know, you might be listening to an episode of this podcast. There might be three of us. We don't know, but uh, as of right now, um, Daniel was day to day a real game time decision. Um, but get well soon, Dan. Unless you're actually healthy, and you know, you hear the episode that you're in, and this is all just <laughs> nothing. Anyway, Alex. First off, apologies for the audio quality. My mic is as bad as the Olympic jerseys look for Oof. Team Canada and Team USA, but that's saying something because they are. Because <laughs> they look brutal. There's a few bad jerseys. Eh? We're going to talk about Team Canada. We're going to talk about USA Hockey's jerseys, and we can't forget about New Jersey's alternates because those are awful. I'm not entirely sure who's in charge of uh... – jerseys but uh, they should get a stern talking to is it the same guy you think who does the <laughs> i don't know but i really hope it's not because i'm gonna see this the problem when it comes to talking about jerseys a lot is we're gonna get to like it's a lot of if you're not watching the youtube version it's gonna be a little difficult to describe stuff but i think we might as well open alex's screen sharing and it is okay yeah. perfect Okay, so first, let's talk about some fun here. Okay, let's talk about the jerseys. Okay, because these are not good. These are not good at all. Um, not to mention the memes have been hilarious coming out. So New Jersey have revealed their, I think it's their first ever third jerseys. Which is, you know, that's cool. Everyone likes jerseys. But the problem is they're awful. Like, they're actually awful. So first off, I'm going to get them up here. It's a, it's P.K. Subban modeling them. Great choice. So, so first off, it's funny. It's, 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 it looks worse than their all-star jerseys, which is great. So here's the picture. Um, so it's PK Subban. We all love him. Great guy. No. Oh my God. I hate the way that Google images work anyway. Um, oh my God. I closed it too. I'm awful. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. There it is. There it is. Okay. So that's what PK looks like. Look yeah. at him. He looks great. We love him. Now, first off, I want you to look at the font for New Jersey, right? Now, I want you to compare it to the Winnipeg Jets one. It's almost there the same. There it is. There's New Jersey's. And these are the, the blue ones from the Jets that just say Jets on them, right? The really bad one. So, first off, you remember a couple of years ago when Colorado and L.A. had um, their outdoor game? And it yes. looked like their jerseys were designed by the same people? Yes. I feel like it's the same in the end. It's the same with, with these two. Because first off, this is a ripoff of that one Chicago design that everyone was going on about, the black one. Yeah, yes, that is pretty much it. So is it just there's one company that the league used to work with and it's like, hey, there. Because again, we looked at um would have been Detroit's retro reverse jersey that looked like an all-star it, practice jersey yeah, or whatever. And the Islanders one that is just an old jersey of theirs. It's just a different shade of blue, yeah. Right. I I now understand why, like, it feels like Lou is still running this team with the way this jersey looks. Yeah, well, yeah, in reference to the Islanders one, yeah, yeah. But it it just, I look at the New Jersey one, right? First off, like, you can, I know you want to have black, and I think the only bits of red are, like, on the undertones of jersey and maybe around the numbers. But nothing about that screams devils. Not to mention, again, it's this thing of the NHL probably like commissioned one guy to design all their jerseys. 
instead of like a team going like this is what I want. Like this is such a boring jersey too. It just says jersey. I, I'm like I I would never guess. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I know when someone says jersey, they're generally talking about New Jersey. Like that's I that's been done before. But when you put the name Jersey on a hockey jersey, it I don't know like what I don't know what what team this is. I feel so lost. You ever see um, when like someone makes a template and uh, it will be enter text? Yeah, yeah. it's basically like a, it. It looks like where it says Jersey is the placeholder. Yeah, that's I mean, exactly. It. That's how bad it is, and like the stripes that are on the shoulder as well as like around the elbows look weird. It it, it looks like a mix of like it. It just doesn't look done. It looks kind of. It looks like something I would design when I was like ten. Uh, I don't know if you saw uh, uh, Jesse uh, at the SDPN made uh, hats, shirts, and and stuff like that that literally just say hat and shirt. <laughs> it was just like, come on. So I want you to quickly, to quickly, I want you to, to compare something. So here are what NHL officials wear, right? There's their jerseys, yeah. but I'm trying to get like a shot of their pants. Like they're very bag. They look like hockey pants. Okay. If you look at the jersey ones, right under the knee for the socks, it looks like they're just pants. Like like the, if you take away the jersey, like the pants and I just make them look like sweatpants a coach would wear at practice. It, yeah. It's not good. Like the the thing with the devil, this devil's jersey is, it's not even the worst one that's come out over the last couple of days. Like the reason this is bad is because it's bland and because mm-hmm. there's there was no creativity or real. Like, to me, it feels like there was no thought behind how we're gonna make this unique. It was just okay, we're gonna slap jersey on the front of the jersey, and like kind of go with our day. And it, like that's why it's bad is because it's so bland and uncreative. What's weird is like I'm looking at a close up of the number for PK, and with the red behind it, it makes the 76 look kind of 3D. That looks cool. It's just everything else is awful. By yeah, the way, like, I like having PK model it. That was a good because it's PK, right? But even the look on his face in this picture is like what? what? Why? <laughs> the, even the one with Jack Hughes. Uh, is just like he looks like he just does not want to wear hold it. On. I'm gonna find the Hughes. Well, there's Heesher. Heesher is kind of like can't even hold. Okay, so here's. Oh wait, wait. So hold on, hold on. So the people. Oh my God. So there's like a breakdown of it. The roots are supposed to be. Oh my God. The inspiration for the stripes. The new era. Just pointing to the black jersey. Oh my God. This is awful. The the people and it points to Jersey. No, no, no. No, no, no. They got bro dirt up where it too? Yeah. Oh my god, that's awful. I'm surprised the one with bro dirt didn't have the little enterprise patch in the Oh my the god. <laughs> he's just a he's just a what a sellout. What an actual sellout. Man, like it could have been like your name team name is the New Jersey Devils. Mm-hmm. Are you telling me that like there's so much to work with there? There's mm-hmm. so much to work with, and they chose not to work with it. Mm-hmm. Alex, we're not done. No, I'm well. I'm. I know. Okay, so do you want to look at USA Hockey first, or do we want to look at Canada? Uh, let's look at USA Hockey first. Okay, because these ones are, I think, of. I, I don't know if they're New Jersey bad, but 
they're not good. Okay, so yeah, these are this was just announced. This is going to be USA's hockey Olympic and Paralympic hockey jerseys. Okay, yeah. now Alex, I don't know about you, and um, in our group chat with Mike, he said the same thing I was thinking. Um, these here, if I can, for some, I hate, I hate, I hate how full screen works. Okay, so here it is. These are the USA ones. They yeah. look like soccer jerseys. They do like even maybe it's just the photo, but like yeah. the way they're curved in the middle down to mm-hmm. the bottom, they just look so thin. Mm-hmm. Like they literally look like mm-hmm. soccer jerseys, like for sure. So there's not like there's a few good designs. Like if you see the comments here, there are some of their like retro uh, world junior ones. There's the classic yeah. USA going diagonally. There's the sign of the expectations. Don't they can show that? Like look at the the world junior ones they just had um, last year. But these ones, it's just like so like it's the empty. How to describe this? So there's nothing around the shoulders really. It's just the sort of like having USA plastered around the middle of it. For all these jerseys, try and like just look them up so it's easier for you to kind of follow here. Um, there's three jerseys. There's just the the white away one. There's the home one that I would assume is the darker blue. Um, and what's really weird is you can really point out on the two blue ones. There's also the lighter blue, which is their third one. There's this weird sort of mark in the front where normally a lace would go. I don't quite know what they're doing there, but even the the sleeves are kind of like, you know, what are we doing here? Like it lines right up with like the center of blue and red line on it, but it's just not very, it doesn't look like an American hockey jersey is really what I'm trying to say. Why does, can I ask why Olympic teams have three jerseys? Like Canada also has the third, three of them too. It's like, when are you ever going to wear your alternate jersey? Mm-hmm. Like, what are the, I'm just, I'm so confused at why there's three jerseys. At the end, I'd like you to pull up Finland's because those look beautiful. Oh, um, Finland have theirs up? Yeah. Um, but we'll save that for last. We'll save that for last. Okay. 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 Um, these yeah, ones that, again. That. Yeah. I will remind you again. Like there's just this so much empty space and I, I, I don't want to say it looks bland, but it looks like a rip off of what USA soccer would do. That's a very good, especially like the lighter blue one, which I assume is the third one. Yeah. It, it just looks like a long sleeve sweater. Like again, maybe the <laughs> like normally, you know how if you go on Wikipedia, they have like the jerseys, but they look super two D. Those yeah. normally look awful, and you see the real ones in person. Um, I feel like maybe they should have gotten someone to model because we, we know John Tavares, for example, has been named to Team Canada, but we know he's posed with them apparently. Yeah. So like, I don't know why you couldn't get Sid or someone to just like send them and just. Let us see the jersey and we'll get to Canada in a second. But it's just, just sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say the white jersey. Tell me that does not look like something you'd buy at the bay. It does, yeah. Like it looks tell very... me that's prime bay bay clothing. <laughs> it just screams, it screams soccer, it screams, it reminds me of rugby sweaters kind yes, of. Yes, yes. I just I don't like it. It's just um, <laughs> It's not like uh, they even have the USA patch for, um, oh God, for, on the top right of the jerseys. Even yeah. that placement looks kind of off. 
Like you'd almost have the USA actual part a little lower down, and then that sort of crest should be where they have. I think that's the Nike symbol. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. It looks really awkward. I wonder. You know what? I wonder if it's going to be the same effect. I want to see them on the ice. Uh, yeah. Because you know what we said? We said a lot of bad things about some retro reverse jerseys, and then once <laughs> they played, once they actually played with them, it, it, they did look a lot better. But you know what? I don't know if that can be said about the next jersey that we're mm-hmm. going to talk about. But maybe with the first two, there's a little there's a little bit of hope. So, I okay, so we're going to get to Canada now, I assume. Okay, so I'm going to tell you something about Canada, okay? I look at the, first off, there's there's the pure black one. Okay, hold on. I need to just, uh, I need to just close that so no one can see. <laughs> just, just get rid of it. Okay, so... There's the three main jerseys here, right? Okay, so there's the black one, the white one, and the red one. Let's start with the away white one, because I think this is this is the worst one. the The red shoulders look awful. Um, the elephant in the room. Why does the maple leaf not have a stem, and why does it not like? It looks too congruent, I think is the proper term. to. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the Decepticon logo from Transformers. Let me see if I can get it up quickly. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know what they were going for here. I'm, I'm very confused. At, like, they were trying to take this modern approach at creating the jerseys right like we've seen how teams and uh franchises have you know adapted their logos and changed their jerseys around like the raptors are a prime example but they did it the raptors did it right i don't know what team canada or, or hockey canada is this approach, this, this approach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Imagine the Decepticon logo, put it upside, right in. If you put it upside down. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like, it looks like that's what they were going for. Like, like the, the top part of the maple leaf, the three sort of prongs of the leaf, it feels like it should be more pronounced than the two side ones. And again, there's no freaking stem. It, you know what I mean? It feels like a flash of light coming at you rather than an actual maple leaf. I'll tell you what doesn't help is obviously those aren't going to be, I really hope those aren't going to be the actual gloves because they're obviously not branded or anything, but like, it doesn't help that the gloves are extreme. Like they just used plain gloves Same with the skates. The socks aren't anything special. You don't need them to be, but okay. Then let's look at the red one. Okay. So I'm assuming this is their third alternate one. So I'll tell you what I'm looking at for each of these jerseys. I think there's a common theme, right? I think the white jersey needs more black in it around the actual jersey itself. The red one needs more white and the black one needs more red. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like no, I don't I, think I, this is as bad as the white one, but it's still awful. Like it's still very empty. I it's just I don't get I don't get the obsession with the color black. Like I I'm so confused at what's why like, there's no black accent. you only mean yeah, to like red. yes yes it should be an accent but like there's no color black in the flag of canada no there's there's not last time i checked i'll, I'll have to double check but sources tell me sources yeah sources say uh insiders are telling me that there's no black in the canadian flag so i don't know why we had to have a jersey where the 
logo is black. Like it just, it doesn't look good. Like it, not only does the actual logo they chose not look good, but then they throw a color on it that just doesn't fit well, in my opinion. It's like a first draft. Like if yeah, you, yeah. if that was the first thing you sent me, I'd be like, we can work with that. Like if you just fine tune the logo, like I don't actually hate the look of the logo being black for a third jersey. Um, Cause you know what? I remember thinking like leading up to the jerseys, I wanted black in there, but I didn't want the home jersey to be completely black with some red. Like, okay, the shoulders by with the grayish, I think looks really good. Okay, so here's something else I want to quickly bring up to you. Team North America jersey, um, because I think I know where they got the inspiration for this one from, to a point. Because we all love the Team North America jersey, right? From the World Cup of Hockey. That's what I kind of was reminded of. Now, it's not the exact same, but I think you can, if I, I'll just get them up side by side here. But uh, you'll see where I mean. I just closed the Finland one, but that's fine. Like, you see what I mean here? You see the yeah, similarities? Yeah. I only we only see the uh, Team North America one, but oh, it doesn't share them both. That's, that's okay, fine. No, like I, okay, yeah, go, but, go ahead. Yeah, like I get that idea, but like Team North America was a brand. Like it wasn't a country. <laughs> like it was a country, and yes, in this turn in this made up tournament that the NHL created, but like. I don't get the why they just didn't stick with the maple, the original maple leaf. Like, why they have to change it? What was the what was no, the no, idea right. of changing, like making such drastic changes? So you know what I what I think kind of helps, by the way, for Team North America, is the logo and the jerseys themselves have a good thing of gray in it to make that third sort of color. Right. Um. Like, I think that's what you needed, right? The only sort of any change to the texture you can see is the shoulders, which again, it just doesn't work. The socks are whatever, the socks are whatever. But like, I, I don't hate the black, of all the jerseys we looked at, New Jersey including, I like the black one. I sorry, I shouldn't say I like, I dislike the black one the least. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, just to, I don't know if you want us to see it, just the North Team North America jersey right now. Does uh, why, why are you doing this? Okay, now no, can you not, see North America? No, we're not, you're not Canada. Your screen. Why? I don't know. It's Imagine broken. It bro- it's broken. Okay, hold on. So there we go. You see the end? Okay, yeah. I'll be right back. I'm going to, as in, you can keep recording. I'm literally, I'm going to go get my World Cup of Hockey jersey out quickly. Okay, uh, we can I will, I'll stall some time. I just, I think we'll, we'll look at Finland and you'll see what I mean by they they made slight changes. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not anti-change. I'm anti too much change where the point of there's no reason to do, to do this, to mm-hmm. make this much change. Okay. So what I have here, Alex, and we'll come back to Finland in a second. So I have my World Cup of Hockey. Yeah. Harry Price jersey, of course. Um, okay. So what I like about this jersey, for example, is – there's a hint of black, you know what I mean? Around mm-hmm. the collar. Um, I really like the logo again. Like, I think all like the stems of the leaves are the same size, but there's only like with how straight up, it feels like there's more emphasis on the top one, right? And there's the border of black. Now, like, right. obviously, I'm not the massive fan of like the sleeves, but it's kind of like I'm pretty sure like the sleeve itself is another maple leaf. Yeah. Um, and then there's like the stripes on the side. Like, I really like this jersey. Um, but like, you know what, I think this is a proper use of black instead of it being 
everything. You know what I mean? Well, um, yeah. And even if we mixed up for some reason, I'm pretty sure the black one is the pure home. Even if it's the alternate, everything we're kind of saying about like the overload of red is the same for the black, I think. Yeah, but, 100%. But you know what? I think this is a fine jersey to sort of like an example of how to properly use the black. They literally could have just used those jerseys. I am going to actually wear this because I like this jersey so much. Because, you know, got a rep carry price. Yeah. You know what's really funny? What's that? So, um, Jay Fresh has been doing his sort of like projected Team Canada, like with fan votes. Yeah. And hasn't played a game yet, but people still have Carey Price making the team. So, as long as he comes back and he's playing well, I think he's going to at least get a look. But the last thing I saw about the Olympics, I think, I don't know if he was on the 55 man roster, but what CJ or whoever was talking had indicated was that there was a special. Uh, request to make him the 56th member just because he hasn't played yet i think and it was granted like he's it's a, now canada technically has a 56 man roster at the moment make the exception for the best guy you know what you gotta do uh, so okay, make that so- exception for eichel just saying he should yeah i don't know if he's on the 55 man roster he might so, be but who knows finland came out last week how did we not see this uh i don't know i didn't even know they came out last week I see for the okay. When I bring it up, we'll just confirm this is it, right? Yeah, but there's actual pictures. There's like, actual. Yeah, pictures. yeah. There, there. That one. That one. Oh my god, those are nice. Is that Jokinen? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Okay, that looks cool. So, oh my. Okay, not not that one. Those are the older ones. Um. Okay. See, that's cool. Because they've stuck with their colors. It's Finland, right? Like, you can't, yeah, you shouldn't, yeah. it's the Finns. Like, they know what they're doing. They're no, the Finns don't play around. The Finns are like, we know what we want. We're going to go. Okay, that's a nice jersey. I really like, what is, um, what exactly is that creature? I wonder. That's on Finland stuff. That is a great question. But the that's a nice jersey. You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. no sort of messing around with the colors. And even when they've used the, if that's a lion holding dual wielding swords or something or a dragon or a sphinx, that looks sick. And if you look like between the Beijing one and the ones for Pyeongchang, like, yes, they're different, but the idea is the same. Mm -hmm. There's no deviation from the colors and the logo, the logo, like they're it's pronounced it's in the middle, it's big and it's still blue and white. And this might like, be their best jersey ever, by the way, because the rest of these do not look good. <laughs> yeah. Like the old ones. Um, do we know? If, I'm going to see if Sweden have theirs out yet. Yeah. I'm uh, sure theirs would be just as good. I'm not seeing it. Exactly. I have, yeah, I haven't um, seen them uh, either. Okay. Well, we talked about the big ones. Okay. So we can talk about some other hockey stuff here. Um, but yeah, just do better on the jerseys. You know what I mean? Just do better. Like I don't want to watch and then you just maybe they'll look better in person, but um, not great, uh, not great at all. All right, Alex, um, would you like to have a sense of? Um, you want to look at the standings and just sort of see where we are in the world? Sure. Because sure. I want to see now we're about the twenty or not every team, but we're around the twenty game mark of uh, the season here. Um, this is this will be the first time I personally have had a real look at the standings, like 
So in depth, yeah, it's around 18, 20, 18, 20. So the Bruins have played 15 games. What the heck? Tomorrow's American Thanksgiving, so it's that quote unquote deadline. <laughs> I can't stand, by the way, when um, all of a sudden, uh, you know, uh, American Thanksgiving comes around, like all the memes in the Americans start going on about Thanksgiving, and it's like, I had turkey. This was last month. Yeah. And now I want it again. <laughs> okay. Um, so you know what? I'm going to get the wild card standings up here, which means I have to go to NHL.com. God Everyone's favorite website. It's awful. <laughs> okay, we'll go by wild card. Uh, so as of right now, we have the Hurricanes in first place in the Metro, Washington second. New Yorker up to third. I'm happy to see. You know what's impressive actually about Washington? Um, they've done most of this without Backstrom and Co. I know Oshie's been out for a little bit too, yep. so... That's really impressive for them, by the way. Yeah, and I mean, I think we kind of expected the way their last two years went, or kind of since they won the Cup, that first Mm -hmm. season back where it was like, well, maybe things will be kind of slower and they're taking a step back. And they really really have it in a way. Like, they're still a pretty damn good team. Like, yes, I get they haven't won a playoff round since they – since they won the cup, but the way that their guys are still playing are in, to me are a little unexpected. Like the fact that Ovi is still as dominant as he is, I think is a little bit of a surprise. Oh yeah. No, I, I was, I obviously counted them out at the beginning of the year. Something I continue to be wrong about, but um, what's great about Ovi is I, so the caps, I want to say the loss of Seattle, um, they put on like a strong third, but Seattle were sort of skating around them for the first two periods. Um, and it was really funny after the game, I was on Instagram and I see like the Caps post. I'm like, I'll just check the comments to see what's up. And everyone was like, Ovi scored, so it's a win. <laughs> Gotta be really cool that every time you're watching Caps play and Ovechkin scores, it's like, he's one more away. Yeah. That's just always really How funny. close is he to Jagger? Um, I want to say he's at 29 goals away. I can quickly actually get that up. Because if you want to know how Ovechkin is and you want to see him getting tracked, check out the OV Goal Counter Twitter account run by yours truly. Uh, so at this very second, Alex Ovechkin is 700. Okay, he's at like 21. Whoops. Uh, so Alex Ovechkin is currently at 745 goals scored. Fourth all time. He's 23 away from Yonger. Uh, 56 away from Gordie Howe. 149 away from Wayne Gretzky. You know what's really funny about that? What's that? I guarantee you he will get closer because they're playing the Habs tonight. I guarantee it. The guy always lights up Montreal. How many goals? goals? I'm expecting at least two. (laughs) I won't accept anything less than But anyway, um, the Rangers, they're – can we say they're good? Can we say that for now? Yeah. I I think they made some moves in the offseason that – I mean, I still they're still questionable to me. Uh, Ryan Reeves and Barkley Gujo for six years, but whatever. That's a decision. Yeah. Will yeah, they'll wait and see down the line? But like, I think you look at there's one guy who stands out for me in particular, other than the obvious Artemi Panarin, but that is Igor Shosturkin, yeah. who has now, and we kind of we've seen it over the last couple of years, but. I think New York is in a similar situation <clears throat> to Toronto the year they dra- after they drafted Matthews, where their defense wasn't as strong. Um, 
And there was a, they were relying on Freddie a lot. And I think that's what's happening here. The, obviously, the difference with Shesterkin is when he came to the NHL, we were all told, you know, he's going to be this Vesna caliber goalie. And now we're finally seeing it. Like, truly yeah, yeah. seeing it. He is really, really good. He, that, that contract is already starting to look uh, very, very strong, by the way, for the Rangers. Um, and, you know, they've had some really exciting games this year. Um, that comeback they had against Ottawa was great. Um, the last-minute goal against the Sens. I think, no, it wasn't the Sens. It was, who were they playing the other day? They were having a really bar and burner race. The Sabres. Saber, that was, yeah. Man, the Sabres have had some really bad last-minute games now that I'm thinking about it, haven't they? Um, but the, the Rangers have been fun to watch. And Adam Fox is, you know, a pretty decent player, too. Yes, yes, of course, of course. That yeah. game against the Leafs was very, it was very back and forth. Uh, and it was literally like the battle of goaltenders. Of what it exactly is, what it was. It's great when you get to, I'll tell you too. I'm sorry, not take away from the goalie things, but I remember, so I'm assuming yesterday would have been the first time you got to see Adam Fox. Well, not yesterday. When you were at the Rangers game, that would have been the first time you've seen Adam Fox live, right? I think so, yeah. It's pretty cool. Like, I remember... When I saw Kale McCarr live for the first time, you just kind of like it, it's something like watching a game and you're like, oh god, this guy's got the puck. But in person, there's just that sort of feeling of oh, you kind of sit back in your seat and you're like, can you not do yeah. right now? Very talented defenseman I wish was on this team. Pretty much, that is pretty much how it goes. Like watching him on TV is one thing, but watching these guys in person is a completely different thing. It's insane. Oh, yeah. Um, people, go to the games if you can. Go to the games. Go to the games. Um, the Florida Panthers continue to be really, really good. I did not know they were 10-0-0 at home. That is incredible. Um, yeah, they right now have a two-point cushion on the Leafs. They have two games in hand. Um, I mean, the Panthers just continue to be good. Yeah, and I think they – I think they're beating expectations a little bit. Like, I don't think people expected them to be – uh, this good. I think they expected them to be good, but this is uh, they've they've just been clicking on all levels. I really hope someone doesn't get injured because I feel like that's definitely happened before. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I think it was two years ago. Uh, was it two years ago or three years ago? Aaron Ekblad was on like a Norris caliber season, and then uh, got injured. That was last year, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah, because remember he missed the playoff. Remember they they yes, pushed. Yes, the, I feel like it's happened more than once though. Be, you know why? Because last year it was uh, Aaron Ekblad, but the year before that it was Dougie Hamilton. Where Dougie mm-hmm. Hamilton had yes. a Norris caliber star, and then he got injured, and I think he ended up coming back because of the bubble. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't remember, but I remember it was like man, like they just lost a Norris caliber defenseman, and they lost to the Bruins. Yeah. Uh, okay, and you know it's funny because we were talking about like okay, so who's making it for third in the division, Toronto or Florida? And instead, it's who's fighting for first in the division, Tampa, uh, Florida or Toronto? Um, Tampa have been really turning it on lately, which is funny because they were starting to do it without Kucherov, and now they're going to be without Brayden Point for a while. Um, Kucherov should be back sooner rather than later, I think. Hopefully, before they go to Montreal, that'd be nice. They're, um, yeah, they're they're unbelievable. I can't believe they're circumventing the calf again. Believe it or not, Tampa Bay still good and all that. Kind of, kind of makes me mad. Yeah, uh, makes me bit. really, really mad. Um, and we'll go to the wild card situation here. First wild card. I did not realize Columbus were having such a good start. 
Yeah, man. Yeah, another goalie, I think, to shout out is Elvis Merz Lincolns. Like he is yeah. just again look spectacular uh behind a I'm gonna call it mediocre Columbus team when you look at it. Like they made those trades in the summer and it's like uh what on earth is this team going to be next year and then you hear the quotes from Zach Wierenski where he goes I don't want to hear the word rebuild and it's like uh okay <laughs> like man they've they're out they're exceed they're again another team that's exceeding expectations you just can't bet against Columbus anymore no. it's just they're one of those teams uh Pittsburgh are in the second wild card spot um it's a shame the Columbus have two games on them um, Pittsburgh are, you know what? Pittsburgh just kind of have to stay within reach for exactly. when eventually they can get Malkin back. And, you know, Sid gets into the groove of the year because he's just been in and out of the lineup, right? With with COVID, with, you know, with the injury he had to start, I think it was a wrist injury, was it? Um, yeah, like yeah. Pittsburgh are just, especially because Jari's good again. So because goaltending. Yeah. They're, Pittsburgh is one of those teams, and I think there's a, a, few, a couple of them across the league where all they have to do is make the playoffs and they'll be dangerous no matter what. Oh, yeah. No one wants to go against Sidney Crosby no. for seven yeah. games. Exactly. Uh, a really big story having these guys in it, and they have a great goaltender that's bouncing back this year. That's uh, New Jersey and Mackenzie Blackwood. Jimmy yeah, but- Vesey, by the way. Had a big goal and got them against Tampa Bay the other day. That was pretty sick. <laughs> oh man, Jimmy VC. Gotta yes. love him. Jimmy uh, Havard. Jimmy Havard. <laughs> uh, no, man. I mean, listen, I was uh, I was a fan of what New Jersey did over the summer. I think uh it was comparable to what they did a few years back, where they just made all these moves and expected to be good again. But like I think this time around, they had the young core to build around and you know, the guys who maybe didn't necessarily perform and one guy in particular, Andreas Janssen, I believe last time I checked, he had 11 points in 16 games, which is like almost what he had in total last year. And that was due to injury and stuff like that. But to have a healthy young core and then add the guys they did is in, is huge. Yeah, 100%. Um, Thomas Tatar. Yes. Empty netter the other day. Love to see it. I know his goal totals aren't quite there, but, you know, that guy, I'm sure once Hughes gets back and maybe you stick those guys together, I'm sure there's going to be some uh, some zest going on there. Yeah. Uh, and, again, impressive they're staying within the race without Hughes. And it also helps to have, like, a decent backup. Say what you want about Jonathan Bernier, but. Yeah, he's good now. He's been, he's been okay. He's been you know, okay, you get, right? You get battle tested in Detroit. Yeah, man, you do. Toronto changed him. Um, Philly, they're with it. So what's funny is between the first wild card spot um, down towards six in the wild card is a, a is two points. Um, but so everyone's within the race. I'm sure Philly are still a little disappointed right now with how they're playing, especially since Carter Hart is playing like a Vesna goalie right now. They're um. I still don't think Philly can defend very well, which um, I don't know what they expected to change with bringing Yandel and uh, with bringing Yandel and um, and Rasmus just aligning in, but that just doesn't seem to work. By the way, good to see Hayes is back, scored a goal, did it for his brother. That was really nice to see. I think he's injured again. 
That's a shame. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, I think he re-aggravated his injury. If that, that is a shame. I'll, I'll just double check. But yeah, man, Philly has looked okay so far. Like they've looked good. It's great to have Vezina caliber goaltending. That usually helps. Yeah. Um, but that defense, man, I don't understand. I, I didn't understand the wrist aligning move. I think having Ryan Ellis, obviously, that was a great trade. And I, I we had that discussion, a great trade. Yeah. And obviously, I think he's out now. But again, Rasmus wrist aligning was your backup. When I, you know, what troubles me is when the analytics community and eye test community actually agree on something mm-hmm. and then you still go out and get that guy. Yeah, uh, it's weird. They're weird. It's like they didn't like Shane Gossesbear in his game, so they brought out somebody who's probably worse defensively than Shane Gossesbear. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's just, <laughs> exactly. I don't know what you're doing there. Uh, we'll just quickly speed through. Detroit, I mean, they just needed to be better than they always are. So in the past couple of years, so good for them. Cider and Raymond are freaking yeah, amazing. Their, their rookies are looking hot. They are. Um you know what's interesting about Boston? You see them all the way down, and you're like, oh, what's going on there? It's funny that of all these sort of teams after starting in New Jersey, they have a positive goal differential. Um, that and they have five games in hand over Detroit. <laughs> it's pretty important. Um, but the Bruins are just uh, – there's something off with the Bruins. Um, I think we can look back to Krejci being on, and maybe they're still waiting for – some of the new guys to fit in. The Bruins aren't all out of it, obviously. And, you know, you can just simply look at, again, they have, if they win their next game, they're tied with Columbus, and then they shoot up all the way to first in the wild card, which is pretty funny. But um, I'm not ready to count out the Bruins. I don't know about you. but No, no, I never, I will not be counting out the Bruins until they tell me I need to count them out. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo, their goal differential is only minus eight. Good for them. Just, they're falling down the standings. Um, but, um, all right, guys. Um, this, uh, the, the the Islanders. We need to, one of these, like, next episode or something, I think we need to sit down and have a real talk about the Islanders because um, they're falling out really quickly. I, I don't know what what happened. Like, I thought maybe it was the, you know, listen, you you start the first 13 games away. That does like just look at look at the bubble, look at last year and how much of an effect that had on players and people. Um, but man, like they're five, eight, and two. So that would have been the first month of the year on the road. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Maybe they do need to settle down because imagine not being able to to sleep at home. Maybe like off days and that they got the chance, but imagine. You just don't get to relax at home for a month. Maybe that we'll see. But Barry Trot, like I, they've lost six straight. I don't want to be a, like assuming, but I want to say their last win may have been against Montreal. But you know, um, the Habs are bad. We'll talk about them later. That's fine. Um, they look to finally win a game, second game straight this year. Doubt it's going to happen, but we'll see. Um, the Sens, COVID's kind of really messed up their season. I think you can easily say, but. Um, they are three points behind the Habs with four games in hand. So, yeah. So, is Matt Murray just not it? Like, I, I'm trying to figure – like, he's hasn't won a game. He has an 8-9-7 save percentage. And I didn't know that. Goals against average of 3.1. Just ignore my spelling there. We're going on with it. Oh, he is an 8-97. That's not good. 
Um, no, uh, he may not be yet. He may not be yet. Uh, okay. So before we go to the West, we can talk about some other stuff. I think we can uh, just, just go around here. First off. Today's episode is brought to you by Stamps.com. If you're looking for ways to skip the trip to the post office and dodge all that hectic holiday shopping traffic, why not save time and money with Stamps.com? Stamps.com lets you compare rates, print labels, and access exclusive discounts on UPS and USPS services all year long. It just makes sense, especially if your business sends more mail and packages during the holidays. Whether you're selling online or running an office or side hustle, Stamps.com can save you so much time, money, and stress during the holidays. Access all the post office and UPS shipping services you need without taking that trip. And you can get the discounts you can't find anywhere else, like up to 40% off USPS rates and 76% off UPS. Going to the post office instead of using stamps.com is kind of like taking the stairs instead of the elevator. Just going up a couple floors? Sure, take the stairs. Walking up 30 flights a day, you could use a break. If you spend more than a few minutes a week dealing with mail and shipping, stamps.com is a lifesaver. You'll save so much time and money, you'll wonder why you didn't start sooner. Save time and money this holiday season with stamps.com. Sign up with promo code POD for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code POD, P-O-D. An update on some Kyle Beach stuff. Uh, this is from Rick Westhead. Who else? Um, the Chicago Blackhawks and the lawyer representing Kyle Beach and John Doe 2 have agreed to mediation to try and settle the two lawsuits. Um, Rick, Rick doesn't say this, but yeah, it's not going to be the NHL because um, it's the NHL. Uh, continuing, the sides are scheduled to meet in December for a day to try and settle Beach's lawsuit before uh, reconvening for a second day uh, for John Doe 2. Uh, yes, there's a reason to be optimistic, but also important to manage expectations. Mediation is non-binding. Either side can walk away at any time. Uh, fair point there, um, yeah. but it's one step. They've gotten to this point, even though it feels like one exact. I'm trying to remember when exactly did the law, the the Jenner and Block report come out? Uh, over a month ago, because the press conference with Bettman was November first. Oh wow! Okay, so it's taken this long from it to come out. The press conference saying we're trying to get this in court to be out. Talks of a settlement. Batman in there. Oh wow! It's been a while. I actually think it's more than ideal that uh, the NHL is not the mediator in this. Like, you see, yeah, is that no, fair? Like, would would you? I personally would not want the NHL to mediate this, considering uh, what I read last night, plus the way they've handled this entire situation from the beginning. Wait, what exactly did you read last night? The uh, stuff about the HDA. I sent it to you guys. Oh, yes, 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 yes. So, yeah. Well, yeah, that and, like, they're still kind of, they're still biased. Like, if you just look yeah. at everything Gary has ever said about players that aren't in the NHL and their thing of, again, Kyle Beach, like, the thing is, Beach was part of the Blackhawks, but he never played a game. 
So, and again, that's not me saying like, oh, they should. Oh, they got. We've made our point very clear on the show and yeah. how they should be supporting him and all that. But I, the league and the way they have operated at first, I understand why they would approach the league and the league sort of failed that test. But yeah, I think you can understand why the league. Being practical, if it wasn't Batman, like taking him out of it, why you would understand that maybe why the league would want to step away from it. Um, right. I mean, they, they sh- still, I mean, if you had just agreed to help John Doe too, like it's such a better look, or just showed any compassion or whatever, um, or just sort of do anything right, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but hey, uh, That's speaking so of much the, to ask for, though. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, it's just a bit of compassion. Oh, come on, man. Believe Don't it or not. Stop asking for too much. Um, so this is what Alex sent to us. I think this is from uh, Luke Fox Jukebox. Um, a senior executive vice president of social impact, growth initiatives, and legislative affairs for the NHL, uh, Kim Davis is trying to uh, spearhead a more inclusive culture in the sport. Davis discusses the major issues hockey is facing with, uh, with Luke Fox Jukebox. Now, he co-tweets that article and talks about, um, I spoke with Akeem Alou after this interview, and he said that the HCA and the NHL, by the way, have had zero relationship, and they haven't spoken in more than a year. Um, and by the way, you know, what's really, really funny about this is then Frank Saravelli um, tweeted, Missed this update from Luke Fox Jukebox. Pretty significant details considering the NHL executive Kim Davis, the same one who just, uh, we want to be more inclusive, uh, said in the story that we've had, a, or sorry, that we've had, quote, a lot of conversations with the HTA over the past 18 months. This on top of the fact that Batman and, and, uh, and Daly claiming that the investigation with Joaquim Alou was done, they had talked to his representatives, and then less than five minutes after he said that, Akeem Alou's representative said, no, that's just not true. We haven't been spoken to at all. It, it just seems like they don't understand. Like, do they just think we're stupid? Like, that's what it feels like to me. It, it kind of feels very old-fashioned that you just kind of scream something and you – if news wasn't so readily available to everyone, you know what I mean? But it, we're, it's, it's real time now where, again, we can see Akeem Alou's lawyer saying, yeah, no. Like instantly, instead of like, you get something out there, it's in the papers, like back in the day, and you know, it, it will take some time to get a proper response out there instead of just like every day, Apple sends out top news stories, something about COVID. It's like, oh, cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like, I'm sure they've had plenty of conversations but i think it's deceptive to say that that you've had plenty of conversations because that assumes there's some type of relationship there or some type of we're working on something instead of saying instead of telling the truth and i know why they're not telling the actual truth like they're telling a portion of it because if they tell the full truth that there's no relationship and we can't work with the hda and this and that that it's bad PR and mm-hmm. they, and they refuse, they refuse to do that. Instead, they shoot themselves in the foot time and time and time again, because they, they I feel like they just think we're stupid. Yeah. I just, man, it's, it's time for, even if it wasn't just the sort of what you could say is the um, new voice, like ignoring all the Kyle beach stuff which is very difficult to do and we shouldn't do, but just for the, just for the sake of the argument. Uh, at some point, you got to say, all right, Gary, maybe it's time for some new eyes. Like, I'm not even saying daily, like just someone new. Um, someone new. Okay. Um, from here, 
why don't we just give a... Well, speaking of the... I don't know, we weren't speaking about the Islanders, but I saw something in the dock. Um, we'll really talk about the Leafs and the Habs, I guess. Um, and yeah, going back to the Islanders, um, they're at home. You know it was going to be a wild game from the crowd point of view because the Leafs were in town and John Tavares, and they gave it to him. Um, but the Leafs get the last laugh. It just didn't really feel like the Islanders had much in that game. I just... I was watching it on... Um, like, I had it on. I think I was surfing through a few games, but I had it on my TV. Because, you know, living in Toronto, you're only allowed to watch Leafs games. Um, sorry. Um, and it just, whenever I looked up, I'm like, man, I just, the Islanders aren't getting much here of anything. Especially, no offense to Joseph Wall, but it's Joseph Wall who has played to date two games. No, you're, you're 100% right. Uh, shout out Joseph Wall. Shout out in his second NHL game against the Islanders. Attaboy. Um I think the Leafs from now on should just play their backup goalies against the Islanders because it seemingly works. The, I believe the last time they played the Islanders with a backup goalie, it was Michael Hutchinson, who also got a shutout. I remember thinking back then, like, what the hell is going on? Like, what I remember thinking, it's John Tavares' first game, and you, show, you throw out the backup? What is this? What are you doing? You know what I mean? So... I'm, I just yeah. No, I, I just I don't know what what is wrong with the Islanders. Like I watched that game, and then I rewatched the highlights, and I'm like, what is happening? Yeah, they just don't seem. Something seems off, and I can't. Fi- I can't figure out what it is. Mm-hmm. No, fair enough. I just uh, they're the Islanders, man. The Islanders, but it's a good win for the Leafs. Yes. Um, Kyle Clifford's happy because he got called up, which is pretty jokes. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I I hope it doesn't ruin Leafs Twitter. Like it just seems like anything they do, this team does nowadays ruins it. Uh, I doubt he plays tonight, though. Like we'll find out uh, probably in a couple hours. I just the team seems to be, in my opinion, the team is clicking. And the only position I can really see them making move, like switching players out of the lineup is defense, right? Because I think Keith even acknowledged, like, you know, we're, we're going to, we want to keep our seven guys fresh. So we're going to, you're going to see Lily Grin and Dermot and Sandine have nights off and stuff, and Hall, sorry, have nights off and stuff like that. I just, I don't know who you, like, you're not taking out a skilled guy to put in Kyle Clifford. Mm-hmm. Like that, there's two guys you're taking out to put Kyle Clifford in, and it's either Wayne Simmons or Nick Ritchie. The magic there is like it's so the 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 timing is hilarious, right? Because it's like is this is I want to say this is Jack Campbell's return game, isn't it? To L.A. I believe so. Yeah, it should be his first game back in L.A. Which means it's the exact same thing for Clifford, right? Right. Uh, would be which would be kind of cool. If it if it is his first game, because where was he? Yeah. St. Louis, and I can't tell you if it would. Well, anyway, it would be his first game back with fans, regardless, right? It would be. I'm just I I have to double check if they play if he played. I, yeah, I don't know if St. Louis and like L and LA. LA were in the same division last year. Couldn't no, tell you. No, no, but I mean, like if they oh, you only play two games this year. Never mind. Where was he again? St. Louis. Oh, he was Even still there. He was still there this year, but Does I was just show what games he played. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go look. Uh, oh, he did play against LA. Was it in LA? Uh, don't think so. Well, I don't there you think go. So, unfortunately, not. So yeah, maybe tonight is his 
game back. First At game least back just, in LA. Just, per, just be like, here he is. I have him in the press. I'll be like, ah, Cliff Harry. He, he wants some cups there, right? He was part of both cups. I believe so. We'll be, yeah. I'll do a double check. Yeah, two-time cup winner. Do do LA really celebrate Jack Campbell showing up? Like you know, like I don't because because like let's be honest. Before Jack Campbell came to Toronto, it was like yeah, he's a good backup, but he was never going to be. He was kind of like a third guy there. You know what I mean? Because it was Jonathan Quick couldn't go anywhere because his contract sucks, and we all knew Cal Peterson was the guy. Like what I'm trying to wonder is is he going to get a video package tonight? Because um, it's a good question. You know what I mean? Because if not, are there articles in the Sun tomorrow saying the LA Kings had no respect or something? Well, the Toronto Sun won't write that article because that would require respect for Jack Campbell um, mm-hmm. and this team. But that's a whatever side story. You know what, man? He's hasn't been totally bad with the Kings. Like, yeah, he's played 36 games, but remember like before he was traded, I I don't know how much Cal Peterson had, had played. Uh, I'm just double checking now because he was there, but Jack Campbell was playing more games than, than Cal Peterson. Yeah. Well, I sir, what I should say is to clarify is of the future. Like he knew eventually he was going to be, yeah, Cal Peterson was was going to be the guy there, and Jack Campbell was going to be the backup. He was he's like Jake Allen, right? He's the stopgap until Primo's ready. Pretty much, yeah. That that, but you know what? You never know. Like, they were some dark days, I think, in LA when he was there because it was just like we don't really know what we are, and Drew Doughty was upset that they were rebuilding, and who knows. Man, those um those heavyweight Western teams are insane. It's like ah, Chicago, we want to rebuild. Never mind, Seth Jones, we're bad. Whoops, the shame. Okay, where else can we go here? Uh, he's happy to be back. Yeah, he's happy to be back, Kyle. Cliff. I don't know who put that link. Was that Daniel? It was it. It wasn't me. There's a link saying he's happy he had the Leafs jersey on again. You know, that reminds me, so that, obviously, we've both seen the video of Steve Dangle showing his hockey clips to the Leafs, right? Yeah. My, my favorite part of that is when um, is when Morgan Riley's like, how do you have a Marley's practice jersey? We got like, <laughs> we got to call someone to find out how that happened. He, Morgan Riley ripped him nonstop. He got, he did. He was quite... Spetsa was like Spetsa wasn't as bad, but Spetsa was like Jack Campbell was quite nice. He's a guy you play any any position yeah. there. <laughs> Did you hear what William Melander said? He said he gave him a C, didn't he? No, but but before when he when he was shooting on David Ayres and he scored, William. Oh Melander yeah, he's goes, like you got at, at least, least you scored. Him. I'm like ah. The comments of that were great because it's like oh. he scored more on Ayres than the least. Did. Yeah, and it it hurt a little bit. It hurt. Yeah, it, it hurt a little. It, bit. It is. <laughs> It was good when he was taking a shot and Spets is like, oh no, I think it was Duveris. He's like, you're not bending your knees or anything. There's not a lot of, <laughs> yeah. not a lot of gravity in that shot. And like, Man. you know, it's funny because I've never played. I've never thought about like, oh yeah, you got to think of proper like shooting posture. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's a reason some shooters don't just go on one leg and like, it's, you know, there's actual, believe it or not, there's physics or something, you know, or technique. Yeah. Did, did you happen to see what uh, Mitch Marner said yesterday? Or the uh, quoted clip that that got absolutely roasted yesterday? Uh, no, and um, it's weird because normally whenever Mitch talks, it's headlines. Okay, let me let me pull this up because I'm like I I just didn't understand the uh, deleted it. 
I didn't understand the reaction to it, but it was pretty much like he doesn't go on social media or he doesn't care what people think or something like that. Yeah, okay. Okay. No, but like, I'm like, you know what, man? Like, I kind of believe him because he looks, he's the last few games, he has looked like uh, proper Mitch Marner. Yeah. Like, and I saw people getting on him for that because it was like, oh, first off, it was a sentence of a quote, by the way. It yeah. was a sentence of a quote. He he got absolutely screwed. Um, but Just don't look at it during the playoffs. Don't, That's all we want. Right. And I saw people saying, well, you know, if you don't care about the fans, it's like, man, oh, he, no. I'm like, don't, no. even, don't even start that. If you want $11 million Mitch Marner, then if he doesn't want to look at social media, then, man, he doesn't look at social media. I'd rather him not give a crap than him give a crap and play like crap. I'd rather not look at social media as much as I do, but, you know, I don't have hockey to go do, you know. I feel like like we should all actually take a lesson and take a step back. But it's Yeah, I think think there could be a trade. (laughs) Yeah, I just – people need to calm down with Mitch Marner a little bit. I get it, but let's take a step back. So the Kings called up Sean Dersey, didn't they? Oh, game-winning goal. I tweeted. Now, you know what's the story of tonight, right? Uh, Leafs legends. Another Den- round of no, Leafs no, legends. No, no. no. It's the Deneau effect. Oh, yes. It's the Deneau effect. Um, speaking about scoring effects, I know that's an actual term, but um, the Habs play the Caps tonight. Um, against Carey Price isn't around, obviously, but it's – I don't think anyone – I think, like, the top three scores in the league against him are Spezza. Um which is, you know, Spezza. Uh, makes sense. He loves playing at the Bell Center. Um, Spezza, Stamkos, I think number one is Ovi. Um, really? Yeah. You know, Ovi, Ovi lights carry up. Even though, you know, it's funny because you know how Carey Price, maybe the best save he's ever made was the one on Ovechkin, where Wilson, uh, like, fell in the one-timer and then they, they props each other. You think, and especially because he, I don't know, it's just, he just doesn't, because if you think about Habs and Caps, like, if you think of, like, the upsets in 2010 and that, that was Halak, right? So... Yeah, but yeah, no. The he, um, him and him, him and Ovi have a relationship. I think one time they were asking him about, "What do you think of Ovi?" He's like, oh, "He always lights us up." So <laughs> that, and whenever Lars Eller comes back, he seems to just light it up, which is like that's cool. I would have liked a few more goals when you lived, you know, when you were had, but Not forever love you, Larry. Um, Jake Allen is back from um, protocol of his concussion, or I don't think he gets the. I don't think the Habs ever said it was a concussion, but it was it was a it was it was protocol and everything. So he's starting right. tonight. Uh, Primo got sent down. Really shame. He's better than Mottenbo, which is really funny, but you know, I like it. Um, and happy birthday! It was yesterday, but happy birthday to Saku Koivu. What a guy! If you want to cry, go watch his return to Montreal when he came back from cancer, because it will make you cry. All time moment in the sport. Um, but yeah, they're going to look to win a game tonight, back to back, for the first time in a long time. Can I can I ask you a question? I saw a really interesting Harmon Dial tweet um, about the Canucks, but I think to an extent it applies to the. They're Canadians. the same team right now. I, I don't want to. I don't know if I I'm there yet, but that's maybe we'll get there. This was his tweet about the Canucks uh, 23 hours ago. 
I'm not sure it makes sense to allow Canucks management to explore the idea of potentially trading a core piece right now. One trade isn't going to save the season. And I'd be, I'd be especially wary when you have a GM that might sense his time is running out to right the ship. Yeah. I don't like, I feel like that's the exact same in Montreal. We know Mm -hmm. he's not going to, we know he's not coming back. Yeah. Yeah. No, like at the end of the year, if his contract runs out, he's not coming back. And everyone's hoping. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't see him trading a core piece, but if they're going to properly do this, whether it's a retool or a <laughs> rebuild, I don't know if they need to do a rebuild. I think they need to do a retool, but they need to do it properly. Yeah. I don't know if they've necessarily done that. They need the right coach, etc. Yeah. Does yeah. it make <laughs> does it make sense to let Mark Bergevin run out the season with the Montreal Canadiens, or does it, is it better to fire him? And and I know like fire him, bring in, I think we've talked about as like an interim in Scott Mellonby and find another candidate to properly do this. Like similar to what the devils did a couple years ago with Ray Shiro. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, he should be gone. All right. He should have been gone in like 2018. I, it's amazing. Um, yeah, it's just as simple as that. He should be gone. And um, to be honest, yeah, you need an intern right away. Um, I don't think he's going to – because Mark Bergman did an interview. Um, it's, it was all in front. We did a few interviews um, Why you know, he's in COVID protocol right now. Um, and he was talking about like, I don't want to make a move. He did his I don't want to mortgage the future line. <laughs> Which is like, oh God, Burge. Like he's obviously not he's not gonna trade a Caulfield, right? If he didn't if he wasn't gonna trade Caulfield for Eichel, which he probably should have done if he could, if that was an option. Um, but I've yeah, I turned around on that, by the way. Um, then you know, I don't think he's gonna make that sort of move. Um like I I, I don't think he's as panicky as Jim Benning is, by example. Like I think we know Bergevin kind of he's got that attitude if he doesn't really care. Like, not as in like he doesn't care about his job, but he just it doesn't feel like pressure is often gotten to Mark Bergerman. Right. So like like so I don't I don't even think a move like that is gonna come. Like I if you told me Jim Benning traded Brock Besser today, for example, I would believe you, weird enough. Um like do I trust him to make a bench rot trade? I'm kind of scared he's not gonna cash in on that value. Like, no, he he should be gone and it ha- if it's Melonby or anyone like that, it needs to be done. I don't see them making the hire in season. Because I feel like their number one candidate right now, from everything I understand or reading and understanding, is uh, is Matthew Darsh, who is um, in Tampa Bay. And you know what helps, Alex? He's a French guy. Ah, there we go. French guy. Like, and I doubt Tampa mid-season are going to be like, yeah, go in Montreal. Like, even I don't know his contract situation if that's going to be allowed to happen, but. Um, like, like for example, like that's a guy, but that's not going to happen in season. But right. yeah, if you know he's going, and if you need to sort of do a reset and bring someone in to sort of see what's going on with the team, because there's that thing of GMs take a year. Montreal cannot afford to take the whole of this season under Bergevin and then take another year to evaluate and decide where they're going from there. You just can't do that. I mean, you just sort of—it's no longer the problem of Shea Weber and Gary Price being a year older. Um, but it's still Carey Price being a year older. Um, and I'm not saying you just try and win no matter what in the next four years. You have to be smart. 
but still, I, I still think there's a year off of Druin's contract still right there. I'm thinking that's a year off of Suzuki's, and you don't want to waste a year of that. Another year towards Caulfield, even though who knows what they're going to do with him. That's already kind of scary. Yeah. Like you just, especially with Bergevin thinking we're going to give him a few games and then see if we're going to send Caulfield back down. Like, what are you doing, you I, idiot? Yeah, I, I wanted to ask you about that because I saw you tweet about it, and yeah. I, and just to me, I'm trying to figure out what Montreal is trying to do or what Bergevin is trying to do because I don't under necessarily understand it. And I go back again, I'm looking back at Vancouver as an example where they tried to cash in on the fact that Pedersen and Hughes were on um, ELCs and Bo Horvat was on a really nice contract and Brock Besser. And they made a, made a run to the second round. That was, I get that was, you know, they probably weren't going to be there in the end if the season finished properly, but We've like we've had discussions where we talk about players where teams need to cash in on the fact that their best players are on league almost league men salary. Yeah, and we all expected that to be the case for Montreal, and now it's not. And now Bergeron is saying, "Well, we're going to watch him for a few games, and then we're going to send him back if we don't like him." He scored one goal, right? He scored one goal in Laval. One or, one or two. And then you bring him back up. Like that's not that's not boosting confidence. That in, in the short term it is, but in the long term, if you yo-yo him, you're gonna ruin his confidence. Well, the problem is 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 Cole's the type of kid that you can imagine. He he naturally the kind of person that when he gets called back, you think he's not gonna let that happen again. But there's nothing he can do if he's being played less than 15 minutes a night. Right. Like, if you don't give him the chance to show that he's at that level, then I don't know quite what you're thinking there. I don't even think it's the thing of him being on the ELC. I think that's such a – just quickly looking at the Canucks, by the way. Yeah. Like, if the senior window is three years on the ELC is so dumb. Like, you have this player potentially for 15 years if you can properly do it right. Like, just how, how dumb is that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I know, I know that's, that's kind of different from what you're asking, but I'm just thinking to myself, yeah. like – Especially when it's like, okay, so we need to save money. OEL, come on down. Like, what the hell are you doing, Vancouver? But no, it's just the the city. I'll tell you what else is kind of frustrating about the young players thing. So obviously, Paling had two goals last game, and uh, in limited ice time, and he's been playing really well since he got called up. Or not really well, but like well, like I think he's earned a spot again. Yeah, he's coming out the lineup tonight for Cedric Paquette, and you're thinking, what's that about? You know what I mean? Yeah, the, the look on your face right now tells me that's my reaction. I just don't understand it. So it's just they need a, a coach that isn't that has a thing of letting a young player play his game because it feels like a lot of their their young core players, except for Nick Suzuki, really, um, just don't have that leash. Or and it's just like we're afraid to let them be them what they do, especially. Like, yeah, the same with Erwin Norlander. If you're not going to play him, don't send him to Laval. Send him back overseas where he can be, like, a real world player. Plus, their AHL team so mediocre since Joe Bouchard left. One surprise. There's just a lot going on. And they, at this point, there is no reason to be, like, to really sit there and think, oh, gosh, we really need Bergevin right now. But it's just that thing of, well, their attendance is great and they're making money, so who cares? I just, if that's what Molson's thinking, but... 
you know, at some point something's got to give. And I don't know if it's losing again. Like, how the hell do you let Pittsburgh humiliate you 6 nothing? And again, maybe everything got pushed because Bergeron got COVID and you can't fire a guy when he's having, when he's got COVID. You can't do that. Right. Even though, you know what, no one should have drafted Logan Mayu and he made that decision anyway, but. Sorry, I know very different no, things. But, you no, know, no, I'm, yeah. I'm looking at Bergeron's sort of history here. You know, it's still everybody wanted Slava Voinov and he hired Sean Burke. Yeah. Yeah, I just I don't see the need to keep Mark Bergevin because it just he's not he can make detrimental moves to to this organization and he made you know he always says I don't want to mortgage the future, right? That's his line. Okay, fine. Don't mortgage the future. Four, four or five games into the season, he says, we're not going to make a panic. We're not going to make a move. Everything's going to be fine. I worry as a, as a hockey fan watching what is happening and saying, well, what if he doesn't cash in on Ben Sherratt? What if he doesn't catch it, cash in on X player? Like we had that discussion a couple of years ago with Tatar and Petrie, which is a different scenario, different team, but he didn't cash in then. Mm-hmm. He has to cash in now. There's if you if you want to be quiet and inactive when it comes to you know um, acquiring a player, that, that's fair. I can especially you know the season is lost at this point. Um, but yeah, it is that other side of okay. So let's just quickly look here. Obviously, you're not trading Brendan Gallagher. No, um, no. Maybe next year when he's a year out, you trade Jonathan Drouin, which hurts to say, but um, who knows. Um, you're not trading Joss Anderson. You're not trading Dvorak. Maybe you even look at Tyler Toffoli, um, that type of thing. You're not trading Joel Armia because he doesn't have any value right now. Even though you know, um, I don't think you're going to get a ton for Lekkonen. Plus, I think you still need players, and I think that's a good player. You're not trading Caulfield. You're not trading Suzuki. Um, you're not trading Evans. Uh, people like Pizzetta, but you know, yeah, fine, whatever. Um, you're not trading Paling because he's supposed to be a big piece. You can't really trade Jeff Petrie because even if you wanted to, his value tanked right now. Can't trade David Savard, unfortunately. Um, Edmondson hasn't played. Wide mid, I think, could be an effective sort of PK, it's like power play guy for someone who may need him. You're not going to trade Niku because that's a sort of reclamation project. Um, and maybe you trade Jake Allen next year when he has a year left and look at how valuable he's been. So the guy is Ben Chirot. That is the piece right now who has a 10 team, no trade list. I've just learned. Oh, what the heck was that? about? <laughs> but, Excuse me. <laughs> what the, how did that, that happen? That's, that's interesting. You idiot. Why does Ben Chirot have a no trade clause? Okay. But yeah, no, it, it needs to be at this point, you know, I, I would actually make the argument. Now, if we're convinced that the season is over, and I'd argue that you trade Druen and Allen now, even though they have that extra year, you can't be like, well, you know, we might be good next year. It's like, okay, well, you had to decide what path you're going to go down, and you got to stick to it. Druen, maybe, yeah, that could be fair. I don't think you can do Allen this year. Because then what happens is, because um, we don't know what's go- we don't know when Price is going to play. Right. So, but even if he comes back, here's what's going to happen: is 
either in the interim it's Mottenbow and Primo, which you, Primo needs to stay down. Yeah. You get another goalie, which I, you need to give up the assets or risk them. No, you don't want to do that. So then what happens is Mottenbow's a mess. And then <laughs> even if the, the organization are careful when it comes to game management and not playing carry, if you get rid of Jake Allen, the pressure is all of a sudden back on carry. Um, so that's why I would say next year for Allen, I think you have to be very, very careful about trading him because I think the best thing for Carey Price, which is at the end of the day is the team's number one priority, mm-hmm. would be him. But I think Druin, and we've seen how good he's been this year, um, I think is definitely an asset you could look at at, at dealing. Um, but yeah, so I'm thinking like Sherratt, is up there. I think Sherrod's the top of the list right now, especially Friedman's yep. talked about in that. So, but I mean, yeah, they Bergeron needs to sort of realize like now, nah, like you got a. I defended Tatar. I defended Petrie. Um, got some cup. Got a cup of like final appearance. I was pretty hyped. But now yep. it's like the organizations you make this year, or the, the decisions you make this year, are going to make some really long term things with the team. You've got that foundation of young players right. with Cole, with with Suzuki, and that. Um, but like you probably need to look at getting some young D now besides Norlander that are legit puck movers in that. Like it's a very important year and this year next year I think for the organization. So you got to get the right guy, in. and that guy is not Bergevin. We have to remember now is Mark Bergevin. Um, as much as he can go on about he didn't like the energy of, the, of this team and how he's gone next year, and I think a story that's falling to the wayside a lot here is what you have to remember. Is this is this isn't a GM who gets fired three four years into a, a tenure and you may be like maybe he made some bad moves but there is a body of work and maybe you see a couple of years later the guys that he drafted came into the system. This I think this summer is the ten year anniversary of his hiring. Wow! So everything is his blueprint right now, and I think if you don't take the time to at least sit back, look all around you and see what he's built, and you realize how much of a mess it is. Then all, and I mean at every level, drafting, developing. Um, how many years for the past few have we heard that Montreal have a great system or a great pool of prospects, which they have, yeah. but how many of them have made it? Right. And right. that is the big basis of you have to look at the big picture throughout the organization, head to toe, um, and you have to go from there. Like, listen, I, we have to accept the French thing is there to stay. Yeah. Matthew Darsh could be a great guy to bring in because learning under – you know, Breezeball's pretty sick. Yeah, um, and Iserman, I, I think he was yeah, there. Yeah, pretty – so if you've let – you let Bouchard go, you let Gerard Gallant go, you let – again, yeah, you let Breezeball go all those years ago, you you have to get it right now. You have to get it right. You have to. This is this is the make or break. Bergeron needs to be gone now for whoever you wanted the interim. Make sure they sell the assets they need to sell this year. If you need to do before the deadline, call up Pittsburgh. They love getting their stuff done early. There you go. You move on. Yeah. And you you have you accumulate the draft picks. You have a huge draft in Montreal, and you go from there. Like there needs to be a philosophical change head to toe in this organization. Would it be fair to if I had if we had to pick a word to describe Mark Bergeron's tenure as general manager of the Montreal Canadiens? Would it be would it be fair to use inconsistent? That's hilarious. No, see, because here's the thing. Mark Bergman has been consistently... Because <laughs> here's the thing. What is... 
Mark Bergevin at his core. Like, what does he? What does he do? He's been consistent with the way he's built the defense. Yeah. Um. He's been consistent that he refuses to trade the young players to bring in superstar talent. He's been consistent and unable to bring in a true first line center. Even though I think Nick Suzuki kind of fell into his lap because apparently they wanted Cody Glass. How does that work? He's been consistent in sort of unable to help carry price in his prime years he's been consistent inconsistent so he's been consistent in all those young players he refused to trade for help not working out he's been consistent in yo-yoing his prospects i think mark bergeron has been one of the most consistent gms in the league his blockbuster moves year after year <laughs> somehow they just work we don't know how okay. uh, except dvorak which is not working out so far which is a shame um even though i think he's better than how he's been playing by the way but like, there's just something there um I think he's been one of the most consistent GMs we've ever seen. It's just he's been consistent in all the wrong ways. Right. He is. Fair. If I had to describe Mark Bergeron in one word and his tenure, it's frustrating because you've seen like you've seen stuff where it's like Suzuki, Mwah, great. The Romanov deal, Mwah, great. The, the Pacioretty deal, Mwah, great. The Dino deal, Mwah, great. And then there's just like like what else have you done really? Like you like PK at the time. That trade is incredibly even now if you really look at it. Both teams went to the cup final and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, I mean, it was dumb at the time. And that philosophy has translated to the rest of the defense where no one's allowed to skate with the puck. No one can jump into the play. Everyone be the same type of defenseman that Mark Bergman was at in his time. It's just... I don't... Uh, I, uh, it's, done. it's frustrating because yeah, yeah. it's just... It's every level, every level. I saw, I don't want, I feel bad. We keep ragging on Mark Bergeron for like half an hour. But but I saw another quote. It might've been from that LeBron article. I'm having trouble finding it, but it was about a prospect. It was about, what is his name? Jordan Harris. who is currently in the NCAA. It pissed pissed me off because, you know, Mark Bergeron, Every time I hear him speak, he is so, you know, we're doing it this way and that's it. There's no, you know, I'm not mortgaging the future and he doesn't mortgage the future. I don't have any more trades. Well, that one he lied about. He did trade for Eric Stahl. The quote was about Jordan Harris. Um, and, or, yeah. And he was like, well, if, you know, he wants to go play in Boston and New York, then, I mean, there's nothing we can do. And I'm like, how can you say that publicly? Mm-hmm. Like, it just, okay. to me, you so, can't say that. Context. Yeah. So Jordan Harris, defenseman, yeah. left-handed, plays at Northeastern in the NCAA. Um, he has, he was drafted in third round in like 20, hold on, 2018. He's a, a young defenseman that Montreal have been excited about for a really long time. Um, and the belief, and Eric Angles has written about this, is was it was big to him and his family that he complete his his college time, right? Right. You know that's important. Like I think Caden Primo, for example, I'm getting a call from my mom. Um, should I pick up on the show and say we're recording? Yes. Hello. How are you? <laughs> you have a headache. That's not good. Um, you'll even work a little early. What's up? Oh, that's not good. That's not great. Um, okay. Um, I can't talk at the moment, unfortunately, um, because I'm recording. 
Well, I don't know. Well, now you can listen to the episode and you can hear this phone call. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait. Hold on, mom, mom, mom. How do you feel? If you had to describe Mark Bergman in one word, how would you do it? What was the word you would use to describe him? Use. <laughs> Useless. <laughs> oh my god. A waste of space and time. Well, that's a few that's a few words, but we'll go with useless. Okay. Yeah, I know. We can't swear though. Okay. All right. I'll see you when you get home. All right. Goodbye. <laughs> that's way. Yeah. Useless. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, so Jordan Harris, third-round pick defenseman. Uh, it was important that apparently him and his family he finish it. That's fair. Then Caden Primo is doing the same thing, actually. He just he's finishing his program. Happens. Um, but, you know, whenever there's that NCAA prospect, I think everyone kind of scared. You know, Adam Fox, look what happened to him. Um, Jimmy Vesey, remember that? Um, so, uh, yeah. It, what's what's Okay, so at its core – Saying that there's nothing he can do from stopping NCAA prospects, because obviously there's the loophole we all know about. If not, if you know what it is, what happens is NCAA prospects can finish their time at their school, and they can say to the team that you know had their rights, no, bye, and I can you can go. That's I'm with Adam Fox. Yeah. Um, so what Bergevin says there is he can leave us and go. To, he's not wrong. You know what I mean? He's, no, no, he is he's not, not wrong, wrong, but he is because you can do whatever you can. You can. You can run a good team. You can show him like this is the thing we can. Remember, remember the year before Caulfield was um, signed, Bergevin said, uh, "Yeah, we're gonna have him go back to um, Wisconsin the yeah. next year," and he didn't know. Like that lack of communication. You need to show that you're an organization worth coming with. Now, if you had needed to sign him last summer, when it's like, "Hey, Jordan, we just went to the Cup final." Who's not going to sign with you? You know what I mean? And you're the, you're the Habs. You have all this going for you. There's the scenes of the city celebrating. Montreal, as we know, is an amazing city. Like You can sell that. But the problem is, Burge, and this also applies to Jeff Molson, who refuses to hire a president of hockey ops, by the way, um, that if he looks at the organization right now and can see Cole Caulfield possibly getting yo-yo, hopefully that doesn't end up happening, and all this you know, paling getting scratched, um, then all of a sudden, of course he's going to want to go and sign with the Rangers or Boston because that's an organization that knows how to run itself. When the Habs right now, there should never be a scenario where the Montreal Canadiens are not a, like, a destination for players to go to. The moment that you have a prospect that decides to turn his back on the team, and it's within Jordan Harris's rights but he doesn't want to, mm-hmm. that if you're the Montreal Canadiens and that happens to you, there is there is the signal there to turn around, look yourself in the mirror, and say we have to change something. And you know, the more since Tavares signed the the whole that whole saga where he had those interviews, I've learned a lot about um, you know how everyone complains about taxes, right? You know we you know we can't sign these players because of taxes. You know it, it all goes to Tampa. I don't know if you've watched that agent provocateur with the guy who works for Octagon as well, um, Frank Zeka, I think. And he managed the, the whole thing was he manages Steph Curry's money. And him and, Al, and Alan Walsh is a proponent of it, the taxes don't matter because there's ways that the NHL have or that the PA and stuff have created so that we're minimizing that that difference. Okay. 
I just, the way that answer really prompted me to think how much the organization is kind of screwing itself because how things went with Markov, how things went with Radulov and then how they didn't get an interview with Tavares. And I'm sure there's other guys they didn't get an interview with that we don't know of. I just, that quote really got me thinking about, and this conversation as well, how Mark Bergevin is kind of screwing himself and what it is exactly that he's doing that is stopping people from taking the opportunity to play for the Montreal Canadiens because, you know, they're an extremely large or they're the, I think the third biggest hockey team financially, and they're probably one of the biggest brands in this country. You have at your disposal more resources than maybe any other, like you have the, okay. What other team has the premier sauce governor? Yeah going on and raving about them and, and, and advocating for them to get fans back last, last year. Like, you know, you, you have, not to mention, you have the most, like, insane loyal fan base in the league. And I don't think it's close. Like, you have, and not to mention, you have one of the best cities in North America. You have so many resources you can use to recruit players. There should be no excuse. Like, you can, again, with the money you have, you should be able to get, like, the best doctors. You should be able to get the best equipment. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's no excuse why that team shouldn't be doing anything it can to get sort of the best. Like, like, like whatever. Like, you have the money. Like, it doesn't, there is, there are a few things in sports that cannot be sold with money. You have it. Like, again, Jeff Molson, sir. The beer store stayed open during COVID. After the breweries were open, Mr. Molson, I passed them a lot. They're open, dude. So I know you have the money. Dish it out, my man. <laughs> Gary Price had a $13 million signing bonus, I'm pretty sure, this last year. You, dude, you have the money. Let's go. Pretty sure both Gallagher and Petrie have their new deals this year, too. So between yep. all those guys, there's at least $25 million that just went out before everyone else do. Anderson's whatever money, another nine million. Again, just look at the payroll for the team. You have the money. Use it in your resources in that, man. No excuse. No excuse. None. Um, I think we should probably call it there, though. We have we haven't looked at the West. We haven't. Oh, we haven't looked at the West. Let's look uh, at the West real quick. Okay, we'll look at the West really quickly. Okay, so looking at the Western Conference, um, no offense, the West, but we just kind of forgot you existed. Um, and there's a motorcycle and my dog barking. <laughs> Who's riding a motorcycle at the end of November? Yeah. At two forty-five in the afternoon. Ridiculous. What are they doing? Okay, um, I'm trying to get the standings up. You know, NHL. This is not a great. Uh, no, I want to look up. I want to look up the standings, not Starbucks. Standing. Oh, Spotlight Search is the worst thing on Apple. I'm gonna tell you that right now. It always pops up at the worst times. Um, okay, here we are. Uh, the Western Conference. Here we go. Uh, we'll look at the Central Division first. We're not going to go through the wild card because I don't want to go through the hassle of going back to NHL.com. <laughs> uh, first place in the Central, I didn't know this, uh, Minnesota. Yeah. Um, I, you know who's a pretty good player? Kirill Kaprasov. He's a pretty damn good player. Yeah, there's some rumors coming out of uh, Minnesota. Kevin Fiala. 
Yeah, okay, so I missed this. What's wrong with him? I'm not entirely sure. Like, I just... The, I've seen Hughes playing on the third line, and and I just... I don't see why... The only reason you, you trade Kevin Fiala is if you don't think you can extend him. Because so I know 12, they've had that issue. So he's had 12 points in 18 games. He has three goals. That's not very good. It's not great. The first story you see from a zone coverage, a Kevin Fiala trade feels inevitable. Uh, that's not good. Unless it's uh, unless Russo's reporting, I'm not going off of it. But I mean, hey, they're still playing well. That's exactly. Um, but yeah, they need to. Um, they've been surprisingly quiet on the trade front for a team that needs to win this year. Yeah, because they have about, uh, I don't know, 20% of the cap going to be dead dead money (laughs) Mm -hmm. i don't think i think it's they get a little bit of savings next year but it's still like significantly less and then they just get destroyed (laughs) from it they get hammered um second place being the st louis blues um well st louis i'm just kind of thinking i just i i still don't believe them i don't know why I know Cairo moves like they've had to been using Cairo and Robert Thomas and that, but I'm still kind of like I don't know about you, St. Louis. They've been a little colder, four, five, and one in their last ten. Maybe they're cooling down, or maybe I'm just looking at the Central. I'm thinking Colorado need to start getting into gear, aka Nathan McKinnon. Where art thou? Yeah, man. They the the Avalanche haven't looked, or I mean, they're also five games in hand, but they had a weird start, and now Nelson Kadri decided that he wants to be a hell of a player. Um, but with the blues, I don't know. I think they are what they are, man. Like I, I think with the decisions they made this summer, bringing in Pavel Buchnevich, bringing in, um, why can't I remember Brandon sod, they made the moves that like they and losing Jaden Schwartz. Like I just felt like they kind of replaced what they had and they're kind of the same team as before. I, I just, I think they'll make the playoffs. I don't know how much damage they'll do. That's dependent on if their guys really step up. And by guys, I mean like Tarasenko and O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Um, do, 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 do. I just had someone ask me if he wants to come on the podcast. No. Interesting. Okay. Um, you want to talk about the guy who doesn't like Mark Bergevin? Um might do that um okay so moving on we can actually look at the jets who i okay so i was talking to some people about the jets right yep they are really people in winnipeg are really fed up with paul maurice and they are really fed up with blake wheeler like really fed up with him i wonder why because he just refuses to split up blake wheeler and sadly i think it's finally been done but yeah i wonder why it's just i mean we had the we had the discussion about patrick liney and then his quotes after liney was traded it just felt so like like yeah you know i i mean i could have done more or something what does that even mean like you're the captain of this team you know what's really funny um there was a clip at the end of the jets game i think we were playing winnipeg and 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 um pittsburgh are coming in for the empty netter and Shifley is going back. And you know what I'm thinking. And instead of, you know, going to get the guys, he's going around the net like he hit to Jake Evans. He just kind of puts himself into the net to try and stop. It didn't work, obviously, so that was great. Um, I'm not bitter. Um, 
Who we won the series? Who do I care? I don't care if they're in the playoff position. The Habs are averaging a win a week still. Um, but no, like the Jets are like they're. I'm, I'm saying this. They're in the playoff spot. Right. Like they're, you know, and Nashville aren't surprisingly just right behind them. I'm never gonna get over Nashville. Never, never gonna get over Nashville. I don't understand. I don't get it with that. Like they're just refusing to rebuild, and it's like. I feel like we're going to get to a point with Nashville in a year or two where it's like, they're the Minnesota wild. They're going to, it's going to be a full almost decade of like, eh, we're mm-hmm. just going to be here. We might make the playoffs, but we won't really do much damage or we might not make the playoffs and, and we'll just kind of never get a top pick. And then that's how we're going to screw ourselves. I feel like Nashville could make the playoffs lose to Colorado in the first round or they could finish ninth. And I wouldn't be surprised. Exactly. Exactly. Like they're literally the Minnesota wild. <laughs> um, Colorado are heating up. Uh, they didn't have great goaltending in the game against Ottawa, but they won it. Um, yeah, they're heating up seven two one last 10. I think they're just waiting for poor Nathan McKinnon to get back. I'm also waiting for poor Nathan McKinnon to get back sitting on the IR of my fantasy team. Yeah, no fair. <laughs> he's a decent player. Everyone's, yeah, uh, he is. He's decent. Um, the Dallas Stars um, are eight, seven, and two. Um, only uh, two wins ahead of uh, Chicago at this point. Um, wow. I, 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 well, I think of Dallas. I just can't get over the Riley Tough stuff, and I'm like, I'm not rooting for Dallas. Well, you know me. I think since we started the show, I've been so anti-Dallas because I just don't believe in Sagan or Ben. You're right, but does their where they sit in the standings does that surprise you? No. Because it, yeah, like, it's like, it's are they better than Minnesota? No. Are they better than the Blues? No. Are they better than Jets? No. Are they better than Colorado? Hell no. Um, I, I just, no, it's funny. Dallas are a team as well. If they were second in the division, I'd be like, okay, cool. Sagan's been on the heater. Right. I look at this now. I'm like, oh, no, Sagan's back to normal. Cool. Like, I, I look at the Dallas Stars and I say, well, you know, if they can slip into the playoffs, then they might do damage. Like, they're one of those teams. Like, it's like, well, they're probably not – I wouldn't necessarily make, consider them a playoff team, but if they make the playoffs, they might be able to do some damage. 100%. Um, the Blackhawks are – they're not playing horrible under um, – well, they shouldn't have They shouldn't have beat Vancouver, but Fleury was like, hey there, uh, what's up? Um, but the Blackhawks under – I think it's Dwight King? Not to what? Not Dwight. Uh, not Dwight Schrute, but Dwight King. No, is it? No, no. Hold on, hold on. Because I, I'm think it's not Dwight King. I don't think it is. I'm thinking of the player who used to be uh, a king, don't and know. was was on the Habs for a cup no, of tea. I think it's. Is it not? Oh, Where is it? <laughs> I fully something. I mean, who cares? Because it's Chicago. But is it Derek King? Yeah, I think so. Um, Blackhawks by Derek King. Okay, it is Derek King. Okay, cool. Shows how much we really care about the Blackhawks, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, they're still bad. Um, okay. Speaking of, wow, shall we go from here? Um, I just realized I opened Twitter because I'm, I'm still screen sharing. Okay, yeah. good. Good. Um, whoops. Um, okay, we're going to look at the Pacific Division. It's always fun to look at. We're going to start from the bottom this time. Uh, Seattle are bad like they were supposed to be, I guess. Yeah, they were. They were, I guess, a proper expansion team i really think <laughs> vegas screwed so really screwed seattle because we all expected them to be good i i just 
how often do you think Gary Bettman just looks back at 2017? He's like, oh, I told you guys. It only took yeah, like seven American teams that were like close to failing and moving, but you know, I got Vegas. You know what I mean? He's just yeah, sitting there like, oh yeah. V- oh, Vegas, Perry, Ve- yeah. Vegas is the reason that Arizona is still a team because it's like, look, guys, it works. And then the Videotron it's Center is there empty saying, please, most <laughs> of Quebec, please shut up, Francois Legault, and giving us hope. <laughs> Where I should say it in French. No. Pourquoi? S'il vous plaît, donnez-nous les Quebec et nos dix. Or no dix de Quebec. Just say it the other way. Note to anyone who tries to be French and say a team's name, you reverse it. Yeah. Okay, it's Canadien de Montreal, not the Montreal Canadiens. My biggest pet peeve. Okay, um, Vancouver, Vancouver. That, yeah, we we've had we've roasted them enough. Freeman did say it feels like a change is coming, and everyone is starting yeah, to take okay. sides in Vancouver. Oh my god, I heard that. I'm like, that is like how if I'm Francesco Aquilini, I'm embarrassed that that is out in the public. Like I'm embarrassed. It's like one team. Uh, here's a rare pop culture reference from Adam here. <laughs> one's taking Iron Man's side, and the other one's taking Steve Rogers. I know that's a few Marvel films of wow. back in the day, but <laughs> Vancouver Civil War. <laughs> Oliver Ekman Larson's on Team Benning because he didn't think anyone else would take him. Exactly. Bo Horvat's on, on, on Team New Guy because he's like, I'm sick of this. I'm done. I am done. <laughs> Done. Okay. Um, who else? The Sharks. Um, the Kings. The Kings. They're good. Oh, sorry. I missed the Kings. Wow. The Kings are. Um, I didn't know they've lost four straights. They haven't been very good. The Kings are a Dino effect. No, this is not the Dino effect. The Dino effect is only on when they're winning. Dino. The Dino effect is only good when he's on a national broadcast shutting down the center. Exactly. I miss him though. I miss him. Under, underrated thing about Bergevin, uh, the fact that he did not keep Phil Dino. Anyway, um, yeah, Sharks. We'll talk about them next episode when them and the Leafs go at it. Uh, yeah, the Sharks. Uh, they're back where we thought they'd be, aren't they? Are you quickly off the off the bandwagon of that the Sharks are back? So I said the Sharks and Eric Carlson were back, which immediately feel followed with them getting their teeth kicked in by the Bruins and they got hit by COVID, and now they're so, nearly back down to five hundred. D- I mean, you're yeah. the luck you've had is not fantastic. I think uh, a few episodes ago, you said like Capo Caco is the most irrelevant player in the league. He, or something he scored like a nasty him and Lafreniere, <laughs> Lafreniere, and they both had wicked goals. Like, oh, cool. Uh, yeah, and then I was like, oh, Chicago already done. And Mike's like, you remember the Blues? I'm like, no. And then the Hawks have won like six straight. I was like, oh, cool. So, I mean, you know, that's why I'm jinxing tonight's games against the Caps so hard, so I can enjoy a, a win. Um, where are we now? Uh, Vegas, <laughs> they need to get healthy, right? Yeah, like, they'll be there. And I can't wait until they get Eichel in, like, March. That's I, Eichel, Eichel's going to be their trade deadline acquisition. And then he won't score in the playoffs like half their other stars, and they'll lose in the second round. <sighs> That's that one hurts. I, I can't wait for people to write Ryan Reeves leaving is the reason or Ryan Reeves being traded is the reason Vegas faltered. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's uh, Ryan Reeves is the reason the Vegas Golden Knights have never won the Stanley Cup. And then that's or, why the Rangers are going to win. It's going to be unbearable. Yep. Um, okay. Uh, the Ducks are in third still. That um, is surprising. Uh, it is. Uh, enjoy it while they can though. <laughs> 
I mean, it's it, Gibson and a bit of goal support from Troy Terry does wonders. Yes, that uh, usually helps getting scoring. A Terry is still a point per game, over that's, a point per game. That's hilarious. Like, and John Gibson is back to being John Gibson. I don't think it's that. I think it's just he has support. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe Schadenkirk was actually the answer all along. To blame Ignore on the, the fact he was on it last year. But right. who, here's what's so annoying about the Ducks is I'm trying to think, who did they bring in over the summer? And I'm like, I think we made the joke that they didn't even do anything. Zero. So how the hell are they in a playoff spot? They don't make any sense. They are heavily relying on a lot of young guys. Like, here's the thing. It's because they, they've had a good start. So, like, they're going to be in it. Like, I don't, I, I could still see them missing because they're going to sure. have to try and beat out probably one of St. Louis or the Jets in the wild card race. Um, but, the, man, they're there. They're there. Um, and then one and two are obviously the Calgary teams. Also, if we're going to like, do yeah, a breakdown the of the teams. Islanders. The Alberta we, teams. You don't want to get – you said the Calgary teams. You don't oh, get well, you know, upset. Edmonton, bye. Um, you don't want to get the Albertans upset, man. Oh, God, we're doing so well. Oh, good. good. <laughs> McDavid, oh, look, 17-game point streak. Oh, he's so good. Arr. Oh, and look, he didn't have a point, and they lost because they have no depth after him in dry sidle. Oh, good. <laughs> Oh, their bottom six isn't effective as Vancouver. Grr, oh, no. Oh, but Turris had that one shootout game when they were against the Jets. Oh, yeah. Grr. And Stuart Skinner's playing right now. Why? Oh, man, because their goaltending is old. And, oh, grr. I don't know what else to say, but grr. That's Mike Smith after, like, every whisper. Oh, I don't feel good. Mike Smith, I'm angry. Stuart Skinner looks like a young Mike Smith, by the way. Does he? Yeah, you got to look at him. He had a good game the other day. But, yeah, Calgary are... Another team, if you remember, you guys were high on, and then I'm like, I'm sick of the Flames. They're going to be awful, and they're 12 and three, ignoring overtime losses because that Flames. <laughs> Technically, no, if you can, we talk about how dumb the league is, and if you got rid of the pity point, the Flames are actually 12 and eight. Wow. And without the pity point, the the Oilers are 13 and five still. Wow. I, I just I was realizing that, and if you take away Boston's pity point too, they're looking a lot worse. I'm pretty sure. Uh, it's hilarious when you really think about it. But yeah, yeah. the Albertan teams, grr, punching each other, grr, his legs move in front of the net every game, grr. <laughs> Finally pulls it off for the first time in 20 shots, gets on the highlight package for the month, grr. <laughs> that just might be the preview for the show. You just, you just say grr, grr. Uh, Nugent Hopkins only has like, he's top 10 in scoring because all he does is give McDavid the puck. <laughs> I don't know if they're playing together, but I'm sure they are. Noah knows who's playing with McDavid. It's 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 Dreisaitl or Nugent Hopkins. And then on the other side, it's like a bottom six winger. <laughs> oh, God. Duncan Keith got exposed because he's old. Grr, oh, he's out. <laughs> Duncan Keith. Not good. <laughs> Man, I'm writing an essay, and Duncan Keith actually comes up. So my dog just hates. That's the. It's not a girl from the dog. It's a bark bark. I don't like the Oilers. Exactly, exactly. It's hilarious because like there's been two big teams. I feel like sports and are picking up a lot for their national broadcasts. Yeah. It's been Tampa. Yeah. The dog is the dog is. Re- I remember last year they picked up a lot of the Boston games. If I'm if that's me going, but it feels like like every year they pick up like one or two American teams a lot. So this year. It's been Tampa a lot, right? Do you know why? Um, 
Because they're the cup champs? No, because they have Zach Bogosian. Just point that out. That's why. (laughs) 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 All right, David. Okay, Alex. Okay. Um, Where were we? Uh, American teams. The Oilers. Uh, Oh, yeah. No, what was I saying? So they picked up Tampa. (laughs) I've completely lost my train of thought. Who else this did they pick up other than Tampa? Um, that's what I'm trying to think. What was I? Wa- oh, and the Oilers. Yeah, there've been a lot of Oilers games that I feel like were moved up in the schedule. Like, I know that the schedule is already set, but it just I don't know. It feels like I'm noticing a lot more Oilers games not being blacked out. Like they're oh, always on Sportsnet uh, Ontario Sportsnet like East. It, I, I don't know if it's just me. Like the Habs are finally playing on Wednesday night again. Feels like for the first time. So that's. With Saturday to Saturday and the Wednesday game, within seven days, that's three national games for the Habs. Wow. You know the last time I got to see the Habs play three times in the week without a blackout? Uh, when you were in Montreal. When I lived in Montreal. Yeah. Exactly. Which is hilarious. Exactly. Okay. Um, I think that's it now. Yes. I- which is, okay, so that means next episode. Um, next episode, we'll talk about the Omaha Lancers. Um and hopefully there's like a hopefully there's something else. Hopefully we can talk about um some fun wins. Okay. Um now if Daniel texts us and he's actually okay to record, then all of this was for nothing. Which will be better because that means next episode will not be nearly two hours. Because we will have our thoughts condensed. I can't wait yeah. that if we can't do the gur and ripping all the jerseys again. <laughs> gur. Okay. On that note. Uh, the episode is done. Um, we might have a guest next episode. Oh, really? It's tentative. Okay. Um, and it, it it if from what I know about this guy, he likes Brett Kulak, and uh, he does not like Mark Bergevin. Okay. So it should be fun. Awesome. On that note, the episode is done. Um, we will see you probably Sunday, um, if all goes according to plan. Um, you will know for sure when you, when it comes out. I was going to try and do a transition. Follow us on all the social medias and all that stuff. Check out the YouTube portion of the show to see what the real jersey looks like. Um, and on that note, we will see you when we see you. Have a good day and be good people. <laughs>